Welcome to this week's edition of the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast, sponsored by Carolina Waters and Carolina Palsport Outfitters, the podcast that covers the tournament trails in North Carolina and beyond. I'm recording this podcast on Wednesday, March the 31st, the last day of March, and I've had a couple days now to reflect on the MLF Big 5 BFL that I fished last weekend on Santee Cooper. The overall tournament was an absolute slugfest. It took 20 pounds just to get a check. I'm pretty sure there was right around 20 20 people that had over 20 pounds. It was a pretty special event overall as far as the quality of fish that were being caught. My boater for the day finished at 11th place with 23 pounds and 4 ounces. He was slinging around Slinging around a fro- a buzz frog in some shallow grass, and the fish were absolutely torching it from the very beginning. He had a limit in the first 45 minutes, I would say. Multiple five-pound fish. It was a really, really special day for him. As far as my day goes, it, w- it ended up being a pretty good day. I finished 26th out of 138 co-anglers with 9 pounds and 5 ounces. And that was with two fish, one of which was a three-pounder and the other was a a six-and-a-half, I would say. I don't know how much exactly they weighed, but combined, that's a really good two-fish bag. But at the end of the day, I I was just left wondering what could have been because I had the bites to have a 20-pound bag, which is what it took to win the co-angler side. Unfortunately, almost every fish I hooked did not stay on. I was fishing a... So I came into the event not knowing we were going to be fishing grass. Santee has about a billion trees in it, and that's the only thing I fished while I've been down there, really. So I was, I was expecting, especially for the time of year, to be fishing, fishing the cypress trees. But we were fishing grass, and my co-angler, or my boater, was fishing a frog. I had no frogs in the boat. I, I, really only, I had only one topwater with me because I didn't realize how far along the fish were in the spawn on that particular body of water. They were, they were spawn post-spawn more than pre-spawn spawn. Anyway, I have one topwater with me, and it's a prop bait. It's the Bagley Bangalore. It's a, it's a jerk bait with a prop on the end of it, basically. It's a really cool looking bait and it's really fun to fish. It's the first time I've really fished it and the only reason I had it on really was because I had written a story about it for Bass Times recently. So we start fishing and within the first 15 minutes he had two bites on a frog and Behind him, fishing the outside of the grass, I had a five-pounder come up and swirl on the prop bait. And, of course, it's the first bite of the day, so I'm all jacked up and excited. And I set the hook on it like it was a jig and not a bait with three treble hooks in it and missed the fish. And that seemed to set the tone for the rest of the day. I had several fish hooked that I thought were pegged pretty well and... They shook, they shook their head one time and they'd come off. I had one 14-incher, one about, about limit size that really would have helped. 
my cause. He jumped a couple times, and the fourth time he he shook it off. Um, the the six and a half pounder that I caught ate it really well. It exploded on it. There was no chance I was going to miss that fish. But I really don't know why I was I lost all of those fish. But it it just it made me wonder what could have been. It was a really fun day, regardless. And I'm not I didn't come home from that event upset or angry. Really, I was just kind of confused as to why those fish came off. But it really goes to show you how difficult it is to to win these events. You know, when I won the Burlington Bash, none of my fish came off. I hooked all of them. And this tournament, this BFL, I had the same amount of bites. They just, I guess it was just unlucky. They just would not stay on the hook. So at about about 2.30, I only had that six and a half pounder. I had it all day. And finally, we got around a couple, a couple isolated shallow trees. And I was able to hook the, hook the three and a half with a wacky rig salvage salvage the day and get into check range but i really think i could have possibly won that tournament had all of my bites stayed pegged i honestly probably had seven or eight total bites on that prop bait and only managed to land one of those fish so it's just the way it goes sometimes unfortunately i will never understand how i can lose that many fish when i'm throwing a bait with three treble hooks but that's just the way it went on Saturday, unfortunately. But shout out to my boater, Oakley Connor. He had a really special day, and it was so much fun watching him throw that throw that frog and watching him bust on it all day. He threw it all day and caught fish up until about a half an hour before we had to go in. So just goes to show you, you can throw a topwater bait all day long. And that's part of the thing about being a co-angler that I enjoy so much. And it's really the reason that I didn't go home from that tournament angry is being a co-angler is about learning more than it is about winning because you're not in control of your situation at all. You're only in control of the bait you're throwing and the fish that come up and bite it. Other than that, you don't control control what you're fishing, where you're fishing, how fast you're fishing. It's all about learning. And I really, I learned a lot from Saturday, whether it's, I need to figure out how to get a better hookup ratio on the prop bait. I certainly was reminded that you can throw a top water bait all day and get bit throughout the afternoon. And I really hadn't thrown a buzz frog all that much in my life. And it's something that I'm going to I'm going to be throwing in the future for sure. I'm going to try to figure out the best way to to catch fish with that. So I encourage everyone listening to this to either be a co-angler at some level, whether it's a BFL, a Toyota series, a or just or join a team tournament with a buddy you know who who owns a boat because. Being a co-angler, you will learn a tremendous amount. Even if you don't, even if you yourself don't have the greatest fishing day, you'll learn a lot about what you need to do in certain situations, or even just learn learn how to fish a new lake. 
And if nothing else, if you and your boater have a bad day, you'll learn what, what not to do in certain situations as well. Moving on to the kayak news from over the weekend, Austin Vang wins the Queen City Foothills Clash, a tournament that encompassed Lake Hickory, Rodas, and Lookout Shoals. He catches a four-bass limit for 69 and a quarter inches. Matt Hodge finishes second with 67 and three-quarter inches. And Jeremy Heath finished third with 67 and a half inches. And Jeremy moves in the first place in the Queen City Angler of the Year standings. From what I heard about that tournament, basically everything changed the day before the tournament. I think that area got like three or four inches of rain and the lakes rose and it turned into a totally different tournament than what was anticipated. We will talk to Austin later in the show about his victory and what exactly went on during that event, how the, how the lake changed from day to day, and we'll try to, see, uh, try to see how Austin was able to figure it out. But it was another really tough weather tournament for the Queen City guys. While it wasn't cold and raining, the rain from earlier in the week had the waters way up. I know those lakes are generally pretty clean, so I'm sure the, the muddy water threw those guys for a loop, but we'll find out more from Austin later in the show. Speaking of high muddy water, the 5th and 6th KPF Trail Series events of the season took place on Lake Pickwick, Wheeler, and Wilson over the weekend. That area has just been crushed by flooding and tornadoes. Prayers to everyone living in Alabama right now because it's been a really tough couple of weeks for them. But the KBF series went on and Ken Morris takes the took the win on day one with 98 and three quarter inches. He caught that on Lake Wheeler, which is a huge upset because from people I've talked to down there, Lake Wheeler is the least productive of those three lakes right now. But he takes the win. Six bags over 90 inches were weighed, were, were measured on day one. On day two, there were seven bags over 90 inches. And Eric Polintz wins day two with 96 and three quarter inches. And he won on Lake Wilson. Each day, it took a fish over 22 inches to win big bass. And even with the high water conditions, those lakes really showed out for this event. So congratulations to everyone who placed and won a check. Seeing those bags from that event made me want to go down there. Lake Pickwick is one of my favorite venues in the country. And hopefully I'll be able to get back there sooner rather than later. Before we get to Austin, I have to thank Carolina Waters for their support of the podcast. Carolina Waters is a performance and outdoor lifestyle brand that celebrates the aquatic resources in North Carolina, from the mountains to the coast and all points in between. Check out their selection of lightweight performance shirts with sun protection, soft style logo tees including new Redfish series of shirts, comfy multi-season hoodies, and a variety of headwear. Whether you are on the water or just hanging around town, Carolina Waters has you covered, and my listeners can use the code KAYAK at checkout for a special offer. Check them out at carolinawatersnc.com, on Instagram at carolinawatersnc, and on Facebook at carolinawatersnc. They also launched a new series of sleeveless shirts for both women and men, and you're going to want to check those out. They're really cool. I'd also like to thank Carolina Palsport Outfitters for supporting the podcast. CPSO specializes in putting you in the kayak that fits your needs at the best price around. 
CPSO is the dealer for Native, Feel Free, Three Waters, Johnny Boat, Sea Stream, and Cuckoo Watercraft. Visit their website at www.carolinapso.com in their main location at Ace Hardware in Arcadia, located 10 miles south of Winston-Salem. I had my native out yesterday on the Tara River, paddling through the pollen and the heavy current that is flowing through there right now, and the native handled the current like a champ, and I wouldn't have that native without the help of Adam and Derek at CPSO. So make sure you check them out, and if you are in the market for a kayak, make sure you let them know you heard about them on this podcast. Our guest this week took home the victory at the Queen City Foothills Clash, Austin Vang. Austin, thank you for joining me, and we'll start here. Before this weekend, had you had you won an event this big? Hey, Chris. Yes, I actually uh, have. It's been, it was two years ago uh, whenever I fished Queen City Tournament. And it was May when I fished the Baiting Lake. Um, I took first place, and the story behind that was during that time, my son, he, 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 broke, he fractured his arm at school. So, you know, there were courses, medical costs and everything. And I was like, man, how am I gonna, you know, help my son out Absolutely. and help this medical bill and stuff. So of course, you know, I, you know, I put my heart and I, I put my heart in and that, that tournament before I went, I told my son, Hey son, I'm going to bring home the victory for you. Cause you know what? I believe it's time for me to shine a little bit. So the funny thing was whenever I went to the tournament that morning, my brother-in-law, he followed me, went, you know, check in at the bait shop. And um, before we went to the launch, my battery, my car went, my truck went start. So I'm like, what's going on? So, so he jumpstarted me. I got to the launch and at that launch, there were just, you know, four, four of us. It was uh, PC, Matt. Uh, two and I, and uh, I did a little video clip of uh, just recording us, and you know we felt like maybe it was at the wrong launch, but apparently it was the right launch for me. Um, Absolutely. But before I yeah before I launched off, I accidentally locked my keys in the truck, so I'm like man, man <laughs> this today is not going well at all. You know, battery died, truck won't start, had to get jump start, you know, lock the keys on the truck. And, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go fish and have a good time. So, you know, I went out to one spot, I fished there, uh, missed a couple bites, but and then I, I let it settle down and I went out and I came back later, probably around, you know, 11 o'clock. And, and I found, I actually found fish stacked up there and uh, I pulled, I pulled five fish, five, six, seven fish out of there. And, you know, they were good, decent size that I needed. And uh, I ended up taking first place at the end. So that was, that was a fun experience I had and uh, most grateful time. And I got to meet everybody and, you know, it was a great moment for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you know, coming home with that victory after, after telling your son that you were going to, that had to be a, that had to be a pretty special moment too. Oh yes, most definitely. Good deal, man. Good deal. So jumping, jumping into this, this latest win here. Um, so 
you know, tell me a little bit about about this this tournament, this Foothills Clash tournament. What was kind of your what was kind of your goal heading into this one? Well, actually, this goal actually was just looking maybe placing top twenty. Um, I know this year my goal is try to place at least top twenty just to get get back in a TOC. Since last year, I I didn't really fish that much, and, and there was a lot going on on my side. And um, I mean, every year being with Queen City, I'm always got to be in a TOC up there. And, um, but during this, this, this moment when I, you know, with the Lake Hickory, the clash, um, I actually did practice a week before I've been scouting different launches. And um, I actually, you know, every day I caught my limit, but it wasn't the right size I wanted. So, you know, that's why I told myself, you know what, maybe I'm going for points, but I really do want to be top three since this is home lake for me. And it's, you know, I've been fishing with Queen City three times at Lake Hickory. This is my third, yeah, the third time. And I want to at least, you know, make home a good place, you know, to show people that, hey, Lake Hickory does have decent fish that, you know, home late boy can actually produce and take some victory. And actually I took first, which was awesome because it took me three years to finally do it. And I'm blessed with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, you mentioned practicing, practicing ahead of the tournament. Um, how much did the, how much did the lake change between your practice time and then on between practice time and tournament day? Oh, it totally changed dramatically. But um, but during, during the week I was practicing, I was actually watching how the bait moves and was moving and how the water temp changed. It was, I mean, when it first started, it was in the low 50s and it, during, and then it gradually increased a couple of temperatures and right when the tournament came, it is it actually steady layout perfect for for the bass to start coming in and getting ready to pre-spawn. But you know, unfortunately the females they're not pre-spawning yet. They're mainly just roaming around and uh looking for bait and looking for the area where they wanna to to uh start pre-spawning to start uh, spawning. Uh, I mean I know I found plenty of buck bass the male back and they're already making their nests and stuff so that's that's kind of how i kind of figure out where the bass is actually going to be staging up at okay gotcha and then on so what was i guess what was the what was the key on tournament day then how were you able to what was the i guess what was the specific specific pattern you were trying to run well, actually, I was actually, I'm a, I'm a like finesse guy fisherman. I don't really power fish that much, but I kind of had a feeling uh, that it was going to be more power fish for me that day. Uh, so, you know, seeing all these bait fish, you know, moving in the water, changed its mud hole. So, you know, I'm pretty sure they wanted more of a reaction bite. So... I end up using, you know, a lipless crankbait. That was my choice 
uh, was a half ounce lipless crankbait uh, made by Bill Lewis. And it was, I used gold color since I knew the water clarity was very dingy and, and muddy. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So that actually, and then, you know, of course, me starting off the day, uh, my first launch, uh, I went to gunpowder. And because uh, I mean, I, I live like 10 minutes from there and I've been practicing there a couple of days. So when I got there, yeah, I mean, of course, the water was blown out. It was debris everywhere. So I actually went out a little bit farther than I, I normally do. And uh, when the sun rose up, I, uh, th there was really no wind. And I, there was a little wind I saw that came by me a little breeze and there was a little area I saw a little area with a point where it was actually kind of clean. So I threw my lip list there and uh, I retrieve it. And I, it, you know, the big fish, uh, 18, 18 inch or just smacked it, smacked it hard. So I'm like, holy cow. So <laughs> got it in. I think it was about seven, seven thirty-seven. whenever I, I took the picture of it. And uh, that was my only bite there. So, but then I told myself, this is it. This is, this is what I needed to use for all day, uh, through that day. Cause I mean, before that I tried, I tried my finesse, my shaky head. It, it didn't really, it didn't work. So I changed up and used that. And then about, uh, about 11, 10, 30, that's whenever I decided to switch launch because there was no win at all and I, I needed some wind, you know, for me, I like personally like a little breeze or a lot of wind. So, you know, I called my, my brother-in-law up and I said, Hey, I'm going to switch launch. You know, you want to switch launch to me? And he's like, yeah, I'm not doing good at all over here. And, uh, for me, you know, two years, you know, two years, each year, I usually fish at Wittenberg or I go to Oxford on top of Oxford fish there. I was, determined to go to a different area. Uh, but then I noticed, I know that it's probably blown out. So, and so I decided, so my brother and I both decided to go to Wittenberg. So basically when we got there, um, I looked out, it was about 11 o'clock. I look, I look out the launch and I, there was a little breeze and it was perfect. And that's, that's all, that's all I needed. So, unloaded and then got out, got, got to the ramp. Right when I got off the ramp, I looked at the corner at the bank and there's a little cove there with a secondary point. I saw a bait fish back there, just jumping here and there. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I saw that, I looked at my fish finder, my Helix 10 hummingbird. And on my side image, I saw three, four, five fish Romon on my right side at the bank side. So I'm like, these fish are moving in. Is this just right? And right when that happened, I was fishing about nine, I was at nine foot of water and I knew back there was about two to five feet. So I you know, took my lip list and I swung out there, retrieved it one time, threw it, I fan cast it, threw it closer toward the secondary point and I hooked my first fish. It was a 1675. Brought that in, took a picture, threw the next cast, smack, got an 18 incher, but I lost it from rookie mistake. 
not holding my pole down. And then it was game on. I, I pull out 12 fish after that, back to back to back. And from that, that small window, that's part of I did, I said 45 minute window, uh, I, I automatically call my limit. And then I let, you know, my brother was there. So, you know, of course he wants the action. So I'll let him and then a couple of the kikers, PC was there and David Golden was there. So we surrounded the whole cove and there was another cove on the other side too. And uh, I know there was a bass boat behind me. He was watching me and I can tell he, he was trying to ease in to come fish with us, but he noticed that there was no room to fish. So I'm thankful and I, I'm grateful that he did not try to, to, to not, you know, come fish with us. He know that he respected and I, I really appreciate it, that for boaters. Just, you know, by versus, if I was a kayaker, I would appreciate if I saw somebody catching fish, I you know, when in true, especially if they're having a great moment at that time. Okay. But, you know, yeah, with, with that, uh, I actually did had a couple old lady fans out there that saw me pull those fish and there was there were their dogs and there was cheering it was it was pretty amazing moment i felt like i felt like one of those bass pros the bass pros when people's watching you <laughs> dude that's awesome yeah that's so but, cool. uh, yeah it is cool and then it finally died down but you know they was still there but they actually pushed back in pushed back in the um they, that that little secondary point in the back since it was flooded that was pushing back there since the shafts was going back in there. And then they actually went around to the next cove. And then um, I actually went to the next cove and pull out two, three bass over there, which, you know, there was not the size I wanted. I mean, they're, they're 14, almost 15. And I think I did catch a 15 over there, but uh, that, that was fun. That was a really fun experience for, with that small window time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so what time, what time did you make that move? Uh, I, I made, I made that move at 1030. And of course, you know, the boat ramp from gunpowder to Wittenberg is about 12 minute drive. So, and I had to unload, a load up on though. And before I, before I actually switched launch, I actually, uh, text Brad Cox and tell him, Hey, I'm switching launch what I need to do. He, and then he told me what I need to do. He need, he told me to just go ahead, check out, and then check back in the launch. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so what it sounds like kind of is the key to the key to these fish was, was the, uh, obviously the, uh, the staging area for pre-spawn, but it seemed like bait fish was a big part of it as well. Yes. Bait fish was definitely a big part of it. Uh, you find bait fish, they're going to be there, especially where they're going to be staging up at and that, and, uh, where the temperature is just right for them. Cause the temperature, whenever I was catching, it was about 58, almost 60. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, with the, with the lipless crankbait, I know you said you don't power fish it power fish very often. Um, was there a, was there a certain way you were working it or was it just kind of a straight retrieve for you? Uh, I, I first started out just a straight retrieve, um, retrieving it slowly on, uh, my, uh, lose six, six uh, gear ratio, six, eight, one on a 15 pound, uh, seagull, uh, the hundred percent fluorocarbon. 
with a seven foot medium power fast action graphic raw. Uh, and yeah, I first retrieved it slowly and I caught those. And then with my big fish I caught and some other fish, uh, my 19 incher, I slow retrieved it, but then I twitched it a couple of times. And once I twitched it, you know, it, it, it shine at them, at shine at them and they hammer it. So there was two different ways, techniques I was using. Slow retrieving and also twitching it just to get that reaction bite since I'm pretty sure they were following and waiting for the right time to hammer it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you mentioned, you mentioned fishing your home lake the past couple of years and not having quite the success you wanted. What made, what made this year different for you? Uh, I guess this year for me was, you know, I actually got more time to fish um, since, you know, I'm actually working at home instead of going to office. So uh, for me, it's once I'm off, I, I can actually go and get a couple hours of practice. Um, during the other years, it was just, I mean, I practiced, but it was just, I never figured out a particular pattern during those two years that I, you know, for the tournaments at Lake Hickory. But this year, you know, I kind of down and did my homework of just kind of pay attention my, around my surrounding and uh, see what's out there, see how mother, what Mother Nature's going to give and then adapt to it versus, you know, trying to do what I'm comfortable at, try to, you know, just adapt to what the surrounding us. And unfortunately, I, you know, with, with the low, lower choice, it was the right size uh, matching the hatch of the bait. Cause I mean, it was three inch and the bait was three inch. So that, that definitely helped me out for this tournament. Mm -hmm. And we're, uh, were the fish you were catching largemouth or spots or both? All of them were largemouth. So there was no spots um, that I caught. Um, so I definitely knew that there was school, there was schooling with large, off largemouth versus spots. Uh, usually I do catch spots, but that's, you know, towards, towards Oxford side. But uh, most, most largemouths usually they stay around Wittenberg or down towards uh, Rohe's side over there, towards Gunpire and Love Lady. But, you know, I, did, I do happen to catch spotted bass at Wittenberg a lot, but um, it just happened. I just happened to run a, into a school of largemouth where they was getting ready to spawn. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Good deal. Um, you know, as far as do you, was there a specific type of, was there a specific type of structure that they were hanging on over there? Yeah. Um, looks like the secondary point, there was a little hump there and there was a little brush pile there. I, I, I saw after, after they all went away and I went check it out. Um, yeah, there was a little, little brush pile there and there was a couple, couple logs there, which um, my, I know my brother-in-law, he pulled out one. And I say, well, there goes all the fish <laughs> and you scared them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, and it also it looks like I had a little algae back uh, on it too. Cause whenever I was digging in the ground, I mean, there was leaf and algae, but I didn't really get hung up that much, but you know, there was slime 
those fresh algae slime on it. So, so, it, but it was, it was hard bottom. I can tell you that versus on um, soft. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Good deal. So you take home victory, really nice paycheck for you. And you qualify for qualify for tournament champions. You know, how, how exciting is it, you know, to get this, to get this win for you, especially on your home pond here? No, it's very excited, brother. Um, I mean, like I told you, it took me three years to finally do it. And I can actually, you know, say, Hey, I finally won home Lake. <laughs> and, uh, cause I, I, know I always tell people I works like, man, Lake Hickory, it's either, it's a hit or miss. It's either a good day or a bad day. And, you know, apparently two of my, two, two of my time that I fished Lake Hickory tournament, I didn't do so well. Um, but this happened to be, you know, one of the great memories I, that I, ha- I actually had fun, really fun. I mean, for me, I always have fun, but this was actually where when I caught the 19, I, I told I told my brother-in-law and I told PC, hey, man, I'm going to take this victory home. I'm going to get my shine on. This is my time to shine right here. God's on my side, and uh, it's happening. It's happening today. So. Absolutely, yeah. And I, it worked out for you really well. You've ended up taking home that win. Um, you know, what, uh, what's kind of on after this, what's kind of on your, on your horizons for the rest of the year? What else are you kind of, what, what else is on your, uh, on your schedule here? Uh, I mean, Lake Wiley's coming up. So, you know, I, Lake Wiley is an awesome place and I know that definitely going to be betting. Uh, all the years I've fished there, I'm always, you know, in the top twenties, but, you know, I'm trying to see if I can reach at least top 10. And uh, I mean, for me, I'm always over there. I catch a lot of fish over there. You can find a scuba, it just, you know, depends what size there are. Um, I think I'm looking towards, I'm looking towards, I would say it would have to be Lake Hartwell because I've been there one time and I kind of want to, I want to do really good this time of this year because I know this year is going to be really good. It's just perfect, perfect month for Lake Hallra with bass are going to be postponing and it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that'll be a really, a really special tournament as far as total, total fish caught. I think there's going to be that. I think there's going to be a lot of fish caught during that event for sure. Oh, yes. So I, did you did you fish the first two Queen City events as well? For this year? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I actually fished all all three uh, three of them. It was uh, Lake James, the first one. Uh, I actually ended up placing top six out of 110 anglers, which uh, that that tur- that day was it. It was no win at all, and it was you had a really for me. I had a really really slow finesse just to trigger them to bite. And um, that day I actually found, I actually found a big, big brush pile. And I just worked that brush pile back and forth and I pull out my whole limb out of there all in 30 minutes. And that was later of the day. Uh, for me, I'm a type of fisherman that I always catch my fish later day, some reason. And if I do catch a morning bite, that's a big bonus for me. And then uh, for for event two, Lake Norman, uh, 
I placed 13 out of 108 angler. So I was trying to reach uh, top 20. So I, I managed that 13th place. And uh, it was cold, cold, but I found one water. Uh, I, I actually practiced two days before the tournament. And uh, my second day, I ended up found it a point where the water, it, where it was so windy, but the, the fish were just stacked there. And um, the tournament day, I tried to fish the area that I was originally trying to uh, first start fishing, but I ended up going back there at my last resort and I pull out my limit there. Then I started to uh, see if I can find a bigger fish. And then Santa Cooper, first year, I, first time ever I've been there. I, I was hoping to see alligators, but I didn't see none. Everybody was telling me that, yeah, there's alligators in there, but I'm pretty sure it was just not the right time for, for them to come out. They're probably back deep in the woods where I can't find them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was just a little too cold for them, that, that tournament. Yeah, but practice, I practiced two days before the tournament. I caught just, you know, a couple of fish here and there. I kind of figured Cypress Tree would be the target with um, – Spinner baits, shaky head, and uh, wacky. But um, I didn't do well that tournament. I only caught one fish that day. So that Santa Cooper is definitely one that I'm going to drop this year. But it was a fun and great experience. Totally new environment for me. Uh, it, it's to me, it was beautiful. That lake is beautiful, and I know they had they got monster big fish in there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite lakes in the country. And I was, I was talking about earlier in the, earlier in the podcast, I fished the, fished the BFL there, uh, oh, okay. this past weekend. And like, it took, it took 20 pounds to get a check. That's how, that's how special that place can be, but can, it can also be so finicky. Oh yes, definitely. But yeah, yeah. That, that lake is made for big pound bass way in yeah that's uh that's a really special place absolutely and hopefully hopefully next time you next time you head there you'll you'll figure it out a little bit better too yeah most definitely i'm uh that that'll be uh that'll be a uh, one one of my book that i want to go back and i do really well in i gotcha i gotcha so before i before i get you out of here austin is there uh anything anything you want to promote yeah, um, I, I just want to give a shout out to, um, I want to shout out to, um, to my sponsor, uh, Risen Sun Custom Lure, uh, Jackie Hugh. He's, he's such a humble guy. Um, he uh, he uh, custom, customized lures and stuff. And um, actually, I uh, sent him a text today just to see, uh, I kind of know what type of lure I want him to go ahead and uh, journey for me. And that's, so that way I can, you know, go ahead and start using that and uh, that way I can practice on so I can pretty much have that one lure that will be in my tackle box where when I need it, I need it. Um, but I um, also want to shout out to uh, Outdoor Supply Company, uh, Charles. Charles, he um, he's one of my sponsors and I'm pro staff for him. He, uh, he actually... When I first started kayaking, I got my first kayak over there, and uh, we became really good, good friends. 
uh, just chit chat whenever I go there. And uh, he has great, great uh, clothing gear, North Face and everything. He has Yak Attack uh, gears that you needed for your kites, get mountain stuff. He's there to help out and mount everything for you. Um, it's just that uh, he just, you now with me switching from a native to a hobby. So uh, I, I, I do miss my native that I used to have. It brought really good uh, juju when I fish, but with uh, the hobby, the hobby's actually brought, brought great, great time for me to fish. Great, you know, juju also. But um, yeah, um, so if you know if you're around Hickory, you know check out uh, great check out Outdoor Supply Company. Um, Charlie he can hook you up with kayaks and stuff, and he can also hook you up with you know gears and um, clothing that you need, especially you know during winter time, rain time, uh, summertime, especially sometime coming up. So, and then he also does other things like hiking hiking clothing and stuff like that but uh yeah and then also i want to you know just shout out uh, just say thank you for you know my family you know, my girlfriend that she has to put up with me fishing all the time and she doesn't it doesn't bother her which is very rare um but you know it's probably too early to say <laughs> since uh, <laughs> I, think, I think i think she's okay with this one <laughs> Yeah, just this one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how far that happens. <laughs> but and then of course, you now my friends, and then uh, you know, especially my fishing buddies, fishing friends, when the group, the Quincy group, and uh, of course, you know, I got I gotta say CK too, because uh, they're they're my brothers too, and uh, I'm probably will might be fishing a couple tournaments with them this year. Depends on my work schedule loaded. Gotcha. Good deal, man. Yep. Good deal. Well, if you do decide to fish some CKA, I will see you there. Um, I'll get ahead, go ahead and get you out of here. Congratulations on the win, man. And uh, good luck the rest of the season. I look forward to seeing, seeing how it turns out for you. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for all you do, buddy. Now it's time for this week's edition of My Best Catch a segment where I ask my wife, Allie, a simple fishing question that you will likely get incorrect. Allie, it's lucky episode number 13. Do you feel like you're going to get this one right? I don't know what you're talking about. I always get the question right. So my answer is yes, for sure. All right. With that said, are you ready for this week's question? No. Well, that's too bad. No, I'm not going to answer. I'm no longer going to be on the show. I am resigning. That's a real shame that you're resigning. This is breaking news to me, so I don't really know what to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be on the show anymore. I'm sorry, everybody. This is it. This is the last you'll hear from me. April Fool's! tricked y'all <laughs> I was so confused <laughs> well now that we got all that figured out here's this week's question Allie this week at Santee Cooper I used a prop bait to catch my biggest fish what 
as a prop bait. A prop bait is a bait that the uh, very theatrical fish like um, when they're out there practicing their lines, getting ready for the big day. They, they like a prop. Helps them get in character. Helps them get ready for the, for the big show. So that's, that's a prop bait for you. That's all for this week's edition of My Best Catch. Tune in next week for another question. Allie, thanks for joining me. You are welcome. That is all I have for this week's edition of the show. Thanks again to Austin for joining me to discuss his win at the Foothills Clash for Queen City. We have sort of a weird off weekend for the kayak series in North Carolina. The next tournament is the CCKF event at Randleman. That should be a really fun tournament. We will talk about that more next week, but I think that tournament has a chance to reach the 100-inch mark, but we'll find out here in a couple weeks. Thanks again to Carolina Waters and Carolina Passport Outfitters for their support of the show. Please support the companies that support this podcast, and thank you for listening. Make sure you keep sharing with your friends, and please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this has been the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters Podcast. Mm-hmm.